Morning, good day there, and welcome to the rewrap for Tuesday. So Monday, we did that one, did that one yesterday. Uh, all the best bits from the Mike Hosking breakfast in a sillier package. I am Glenn ZB, and this morning uh, we, we've got the, the latest uh, monumental waste of money to tell you about, uh, which really launches my launches my new campaign for a whole lot of funds we can dip into for when we need to pay for things, important things. Uh, we'll, we'll lament the result of the Euro final. And uh, we will talk hard look at at the end of the pod, one of my favourite subjects. But before any of that, act on the up and up. Yesterday on the show we had David Seymour outlining his idea over splitting the GST revenue on new builds between central and local government, meaning of course that local government suddenly has a very large incentive to start approving a few more houses. Uh, There was more to the policy that got officially released later in the day. So for example, removing barriers for financing rent to builds removing land use rules, introducing builder insurance, getting regulations that match up. In other words, if it's allowed in one part of the country, why not another? Replace the RMA and give property owners more rights over work and building on their land. Now, this may or may not go anywhere. The Nats would have to be on board because numbers in Parliament are everything and act as a small party. But in that last bit is why I mentioned the policy. There's a very good reason why ACT are on the rise at the moment, not just in the last election, but posted as well. They've made hay in a world where shambles, unprofessionalism and infighting have caused havoc elsewhere. Labour are a mess of non-delivery, hot air and amateurism. Uh, National has been preoccupied with leakers and backstabbing. The Maori Party has been busy with ties and hats and grandstanding. Uh, The Greens, to be fair, have been consistent as far as I can work out in messaging, but they're sort of lost in the fact they're kind of part of the government but swallowed up by the Labour machine and its attached baggage. So good old act have plugged away releasing policy, holding the government to account in a way that has actually got attention, and as a result, generally been rewarded for looking like they had their eye on the ball. I mean, if the Roy Morgan poll last week is accurate, it should come as no surprise that Seymour has overtaken Collins as preferred Prime Minister. Also note the fear that the mass increase, the large increase in caucus size from 1 to 10 at the last election could cause havoc has not materialised. Now, the ideas may or may not be your thing. ACT may always be a smallish centre-right party. Who knows? But what you can't mark them down on is professionalism, work ethic, policy development, and a real skill or knack in pointing out Labour Party absurdities with pithy one-liners that consistently make the news. If they can be this effective at this stage of the electoral cycle, they are going to be a force come 2023. Yes, it's almost as if uh, Seymour and ACT are um, on some kind of quota system where they... They just sort of bludgeon the government with something else, some other stupid thing that they've done every day. Uh, And today's one was this one. Overpriced monstrosity is what Seymour is telling us about the $400,000 art installation in the foyer of the Reserve Bank. 373739 net recovered of GST. The expense may climb for unspecified further residual costs. The main work, floor-to-ceiling sculpture, length of swamp cowrie, inlaid with a face and thin greenish strips illuminated by LED lights. Got some resin, got some aluminium, got some composite material in there as well. Seymour says overpriced monstrosity. Says 373000 may not sound like much when you just printed tens of billions, but to people who still have to earn their money, it shows a culture in Wellington that has left planet Earth. Funding was allocated from the bank's property budget in part of a larger, you ready? Part of a larger $1.2 million refurbishment of the lobby. $1.2 million for the lobby. And you think they're out of touch in the capital. And so uh, this has really started something now, I think. Uh, I'm not really talking about Axe ascendancy in the polls and popularity. I'm, I'm talking about 
things that we're spending money on that we shouldn't be spending money on when there's definitely some more obvious things that we should be spending money on, like, you know, I don't know, the eating disorder epidemic, uh, the uh, respiratory illness epidemic that's going on with all our kids at the moment. Uh, yeah, just little things like that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, here's the campaign. Morning, Mike. Just heard you regarding the money that has been spent refurbishing the lobby of the Reserve Bank. Absolutely astonishing, and they can't pay for extra beds for Starship Hospital for our six kids. Uh, well, the problem with D is it's the old argument. It's budgeting. Everyone's got to get a slice of the action, don't they? I mean, you can't go to the Reserve Bank or any other government department and go, look, until we've got all every kid in this country who needs some health care, uh, you're not getting any money. Life, unfortunately, just doesn't work that way. But when you've got, you know, over a million bucks to refurbish your lobby, for goodness sake, and there's $400,000 worth of artwork there at a time when we, that, that very organisation is printing money like it's literally never printed money before, you got to, I mean, read the room, eh? I'm starting to compile a list because, you know, we've got these various different funds that we can perhaps dip into for things that we actually, because, you know, yesterday we had the, a, the AHCB which was for the what? The Auckland Harbour Cycle Bridge Fund. That's right. Um, and now we've got the RBL Fund. The <laughs> Reserve Bank Lobby Fund. The Reserve Bank Lobby Fund. So I, got, I can't wait to find out what It's adding up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's we'll, get, up. we'll get everything paid for by the by the time we, we're done. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I can't wait to find out what um, t- tomorrow's pot of cash is that we can dip into. Um, that's, how we, that's how we do it. We're just spreading the love. Spreading the love. Um, not too much love for the English team after them bottling it at the uh, shootout yesterday. And um, Mike's been confused why we were watching the game at all. We're given that literally the Mike Oskin breakfast, that's all we talked about yesterday morning, but anyway. What a conservative old Anglo-Saxon country we turned out to be, eh? How else do you explain the very odd business of us becoming poms when it came to the Euros? Now, for a country that purports to be multicultural, I didn't see anyone supporting Italy or Germany or France, unless, of course, they had direct connections to the country. We all, for the past couple of weeks, have decided we were Brits which is good for the monarchy as far as I can work out, given it shows a very strong attachment to a country allegedly lots of people want to drop to chart our own course as a republic. If the evidence, though, of the past few games is anything to go by, we would have to have a better football team because very large numbers of us seemed happy to adopt England's. Why is it we love the England football team? We don't love the England rugby team. We don't really care if Andy Murray wins Wimbledon. Why do we get so gripped by the football team? Is it because our team barely go to the World Cup and when they do, we're never going to win? Is it because football here is a large participant sport and we all as parents have stood on the sidelines cheering our kids on, but none of them go on to higher levels of the game, hence it peters out at international level? But here's an irony. Uh, No, we don't often get to the World Cup, but although the England team do, they never win either. We sort of join that strange mass belief that because something magical happened in 1966, it can happen again. But this wasn't even the World Cup. This was the Euros. We're not even remotely European. Why are we interested in a tournament that has literally nothing to do with us? By the way, is or is not the penalty shootout the greatest invention in sport? Play your regulation time. Yes, play your extra time. But at the end of it, if you are not separated, it is the gladiatorial session of kill or be killed. There is little in sport more exhilarating, more definitive, more revealing of the human spirit than a penalty shootout. And England bottled it again, which is yet another irony. Why were we backing such a bunch of losers? Yeah, I don't know that Mike's read that completely accurately. I wasn't um, backing them. I was watching them assuming that exactly uh, what happened would happen. Uh, I... I literally said to several people, I mean, it's easy for me to say this now and you've only got my word on it, but trust me, why would I make this up? 
uh, where I said b- before the game when they were warming up and they all looked very nervous. Gareth Southgate looked nervous. Uh, Harry Kane looked nervous. And I thought, eh, I think they're going to bottle it. And, I mean, you don't have to be Nostradamus, do you, to work that one out. It's, it certainly happened more often than it hasn't happened. But anyway. Uh, yeah, so that's why I watched, just to see if I was going to be right. And then I didn't even watch. I you know, watched the end of the show, and then I went off did my real life after that. I mean, people don't need too much of an excuse. Remember when this was happening? This was happening as people are getting to work. So if you can flick on the tally and not do your work for a couple of hours, um, seems, seems like a pretty good excuse. Uh, we're going to finish up here with some uh, some great news. There's some more hard liquor to, to be found. Well, actually, it's not that hard. All the ins and the outs, it's The Biz on the Mike Hosking Breakfast on News Talk ZB. Story of a local company betting big on kombucha. Uh, this is Mama's Brew Shop. They were set up five years ago by Liv and Rene. Uh, the inspiration was simply they wanted something non-alcoholic that was tasty and complex without being a soda. So they launched, um, you know, kombucha. Uh, they're making a high-quality product because their research shows uh, the probiotic levels in their brews are the highest of any kombucha in this country. However, however, they're currently making a loss, annual revenue of about $550,000 a year. That's revenue, not the loss. Uh, Mama's Brew's hoping to turn that around because what they're going to have to do, see this whole non-alcoholic thing's not working for them. Dry July, certain irony here. They're going to launch a new hard kombucha, uh, which is out this year. It's called uh, it's called the Happy Hour Hard Kombucha. You've got my attention. Ha- happy Hour Hard Kombucha, 4.5% alcohol. And the hard oh, is kombucha- that all? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, no, they've got another product coming up. It's called Go Harder. Go really, really hard. Go so hard you can't believe it. Anyway, where am I at? Global market, $144 billion last year. Projected to grow by 42% over the next five years. No, that's not bad. Also hoping to expand production to 15,000 litres a month, currently producing between six and 10,000 litres a month. Oh, and it's not the only show in town, by the way. Um, Kombucha Brothers have been doing this for a while. They've got lots of different flavours. I've tried their stuff. It's great. Um, and I think there are a few ones that are a little bit stronger as well, just quietly. So, yeah. Get into Fill Your Boots with Kombucha. With Hard Kombucha. I, is that an oxymoron, Hard Kombucha? Almost is, isn't it? Uh, anyway, uh, that's it for you, from your favourite moron for the day. I'm Glenn ZB, um, and, I'll, and I'll be back with more moronic stuff like that again tomorrow. <laughs> See you there.